0: Something beautiful happens when we can keep our eyes on Christ in the darkest of times and in our brokenness. We not only learn how to lean on God and understand the importance of prayer, but we learn from where our help comes. We learn to praise God no matter how the prayer is answered, because though circumstances change, He changes not. We can see in this psalm that David's perspective changed from verse 4 to verse 5. There is no indication that his situation changed, but his perspective did. And when that happened, he began to rejoice and to sing unto the Lord. His lack in the trial brought a realization of God's bounty in his love and salvation. We all have moments when we sing from the mountaintops, but when we can rejoice in the darkest valleys after uttering a, how long, O Lord, we come out on the other side, realizing that God works all things for the good of those who love him, and suffering is never wasted. You just heard an excerpt from my latest blog post featured on Love Scribe. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Scribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the Word and loving the One who is the Word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Scribe. recently was brought back to my memory of writing this article last year about how long, O Lord, or trusting the Lord in the how long. And I wanted to talk about this today because I think that many of us can relate to this, and it can be an encouragement to all of us when we go back to Scripture, and we can even see this portrayed to us in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. We're going to spend a good little amount in Psalms today to see the portrait of a believer in Christ and what that looks like, that it's not all unicorns and rainbows all the time, but that there's many times that we even see in the book of Psalms with the different psalmists, particularly David, that we see a lot of lamenting going on. And we hear this question, how long, O Lord, how long? How long is it going to be before I see the justice that I'm crying out for? How long is it going to be before I see the answer to my prayer? How long is it going to be for this to change or for that to change? How long? I don't know if you've ever asked that question, but I certainly have. And sometimes we can be embarrassed when we admit that we've asked God that question in prayer. How long is this going to go on? How long is this this ever going to stop? Is this ever going to change? So I wanted to talk about this today. What brought it back to my remembrance, me writing about this last year, I saw something on Instagram and I wanted to share this with you because it it really brought me back to thinking on Psalms and the uh, other scriptures and remembering what God has to say on the matter of when we come to him in prayer and we come to him in those times when we do have difficulties and trials that we all deal with at some point or another in our lives and we contemplate this question, whether we say it out loud or not, we've all probably thought this at one point. An individual had posted this on Instagram recently. I've asked this question more times than I care to admit over the past three years, which the question they had in their caption was, how long, O Lord? And the writer goes on to say, and honestly, as a Christian, as a pastor, I have felt the shame of saying those words. It felt wrong to question an almighty God. It felt irreverent to speak what I was truly feeling in my heart. Three years ago, I decided to read through the Psalms in one sitting. It took hours. Two years ago, I read them again in two sittings. Last year, I read through them all in thirty days. Having spent so much time in the Psalms over the past few years, I have learned a lot not only about the Psalms but about myself. Two thirds of the Psalms are laments. They are complaints. They are accounts of weeping, grieving, wrestling, questioning, complaining. They are divinely inspired, and yet so gritty and human. And so much of them are irreverent, hello, imprecatory psalms. But what they did for my spiritual walk, this is the, the person that I'm referencing again, they're, they're continuing to speak in this, just so you know it's not me, it's, it's this person that wrote this uh, post. But what they did for my spiritual walk, they gave me permission to be honest and real with God. Who am I to predetermine what God can and can't handle, like I need to clean up my heart before I let Him in? What we don't process, we leak onto others. Living and breathing in the Psalms have given me the words and space to process my true thoughts before a God who already knows, sees, and cares. Yes, I'm confident that He is working all things together, and His plan is leaps and bounds better than my own. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-wise. And ultimately, yes, we all come to a place of surrender to His will. But to skip over the raw and ugly parts is to shortcut true healing and redemption. The Sunday of redemption comes only after the Friday of shame and death. And for today, it's probably enough to sit with God and ask, how long, O Lord? And again, I think that all of us can relate to this at some point or another. I agree with this person that wrote this because it can seem shameful that we would ask God such a question. And when we look in Psalms, we can see numerous examples of this. So today we're going to spend some time in the book of Psalms, and we're going to look at different ones that are f- referring or flowing in this type of vein of lamenting to God. And I know I've talked about suffering in other podcast episodes before, but I just want to encourage you if you're in a time right now when you're asking God, you find yourself asking God, how long, oh Lord? First of all, you're in good company with other believers that I'm sure throughout the many years, the centuries, of being a, a believer in Christ, of the the ones that have come through and martyrs and such have asked the Lord, how long is this going to go on? How long is persecution going to go on? How long are we going to suffer? To up to our modern days of when we're dealing with different things in our lives, whether it is persecution, persecution, for the sake of Christ or if we're dealing with something physical ailments or financial difficulties or family matters um, trials and and tribulations things at work things in our personal lives whatever it is we're all dealing with things that can seem like they're insurmountable and that they're piling up and your question is how long oh lord we have to be okay with going before God because nothing is hidden from him right so we we have to be comfortable in an understanding of going to God in our rawness, in our difficulty, in our weakness, and asking him how long this is, but also trusting. And realizing when you read the Psalms, you see, like this, what this writer said, you see this raw truth in the psalmists, and yet you see them coming back and being encouraged in the Word of God, reminding themselves of who their salvation is, where their salvation comes from. So let's take a little trip through Psalms and look at some of these and be encouraged by what we see and and share a little bit, talk a little bit about this and and maybe have you reflect personally in your walk with the Lord of what this means and how to process all of this and ultimately coming back to the place of trusting the Lord no matter what you're dealing with, what you're going through. Know that God has gone ahead. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows how to take care of you. He knows what you need. He knows what's going to be for your own good, even though we may not deem things as are for our own good. He knows what is for our own good and we can trust him even in in every circumstance, in every situation, we can trust him. Even when we feel weak, we can still say, God, I don't understand this. I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know what to do with all this, but I still trust you regardless of how I feel, what I see, what I'm going through. I still trust you. So let's go to the word. And be encouraged by the word and other fellow believers who trusted in the Lord, even in the old covenant that looked ahead to the promise of the glorious Messiah who has already come, has already fulfilled the promise to give us eternal life, to clothe us in his righteousness and to grant us salvation and reconciliation back to the father. Early on in the book of Psalms, we see this lamenting of how long, O Lord, beginning even in Psalm 6. In Psalm 6 it says, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life, save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you, and Sheol, who will give you praise. I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. When we look at even the Psalms, and we're going to look at some more in just a moment, but even when you look up and learn about there's the lamenting Psalms, which we see two kinds, there's individual and corporate. These are essentially songs that are expressing human struggles. You and I go through every single day. I really appreciate this quote from Martin Luther, who talked about the Psalms of Lament. And this is what he said about them. What is the greatest thing in the Psalter, but this earnest speaking amid the storm winds of every kind? Where do you find deeper, more sorrowful, more pitiful words of sadness than in the Psalms of Lamentation? There again, you look into the hearts of the saints as into death. Yes, as into hell itself. When they speak of fear and hope, they use such words that no painter could so depict for your fear or hope and no Cicero or other orator has so portrayed them. And they that speak these words to God and with God, this, I repeat, is the best thing of all. This gives the words double earnestness and life. Turning again back to scripture, we go to Psalm 10. And Psalm 10 verse 1 says, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And the psalmist goes on to talk about the arrogance of the wicked pursuing the poor and the wicked boasting of the desires of their soul and the ways of them that that prosper when they say there is no God. So we see here again this lamenting, this talking to the Lord, this praying and casting the cares upon the Lord and 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 exposing, laying bare these these thoughts that they're having. and these don't sound very reverent, do they but yet this is the picture that we get of someone that is drawing close to God and they are bearing themselves before the Lord and expressing what is going on within them. Psalm 13, this is one, it's a very short one it has six verses, but this one focuses on the how long, O Lord. my heart shall rejoice in your salvation i will sing to the lord because he has dealt bountifully with me and this you'll see it's 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 consistent in the psalms is that you'll see this address or this plea to the lord from the psalmist as they go on they remind themselves of the goodness and the steadfastness of god And so we see, again, that they're being just transparent before God, bearing their hearts, but they're continuously reminding themselves, even in the midst of despair to trust in the lord to be thankful to dwell on him and to meditate on his word to meditate on his goodness his steadfastness his faithfulness his love we see in psalm 35 verse 17 for example this psalmist is talking about this is of david he's talking about the greatness of the, of god and he's talking about the the wickedness and how they rise up and they do what they do in their maliciousness but in verse 17 he says how long O lord will you look on Rescue me from their destruction, my precious life from the lions. I will thank you in the great congregation, in the mighty throng. I will praise you. In Psalm 38, we continue to see this the, the cry of not being forsaken by the Lord. In Psalm 40, we see that David, the same psalmist who asked how long in Psalm 13, he is acknowledging that uh, he's asking for help from God, who is his deliverer. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And in verse 11, he goes on and says, As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. Now, I know this is not a old oh, Lord how long psalm, but I want you to see the same psalmist who wrote this. several times early on in the Psalms. He is also now writing in the midst of this. He is blessing the Lord and remembering his, again, his steadfastness, his goodness, his mercy towards him that he did not restrain it and that he's he's faithful because he's God. Psalm 42, we see that it talks about the soul being cast down. In verse 2, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? And they, this psalmist continues to remind himself of the goodness of God and not to be cast down in his soul because he remembers where his salvation comes from. As we go on in Psalm 44, we see that there's a plea to come to their help. We have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. And then as they go on in verse 24, they say, why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? So this is one of those community or... Involving just not just an individual but the community, lament Psalm 79 verse 5 says, "How long, O Lord, will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire?" And this psalmist has talked about this. A psalm of Asaph about the gut, the nations have come into your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have laid Jerusalem in ruins. They have given the bodies of your servants to the birds of the heavens for food, the flesh of your faithful to the beasts of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water all around Jerusalem, and there was no one to bury them. And this psalmist is crying out for for vengeance, essentially, for justice. So we do see this as well, this cry out for justice on the part of injustice that is going on and evil and atrocities. Psalm 88, verse 14, this psalmist says, O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? So we see again, this cry, this, this psalmist is suffering that they they feel helpless. They go on to say, even in the following verse, Psalm 89, verse 46, this psalmist says, how long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember verse 47, how short my time is for what vanity you have created all the children of man. So we, again, I want you to see here that, that this is a biblical thing that's taking place. And I'm, we're going to talk about this in just a minute. Why even talk about this? I know I've talked about suffering before, but I hope that this will bless somebody today that's a believer in Christ. If you're going through something that's difficult, and we all have those times where we're going through things that are difficult, you be encouraged. This is biblical what's going on here. And even in your crying, your lament of going, God, God, how long? How long is, is this situation going to continue? How long is this going to go on? How long is this evil going to persist? How long is this going to endure? How long is this going to go on, the suffering or whatever's going on, whether it's in our society or it's going on in your personal life? You can go before the Lord in your weakness, in your vulnerability, And draw close to God, even in the midst of asking how long. Because this is what these psalmists did. And by the way, these psalms were sung by the nation of Israel. This is acknowledged in the Old Testament. This is the inspired word of God. So we need to keep that in mind and realize that it's okay to go to God in weakness. This, This is what we're supposed to do as believers in Christ. Psalm one thirty is the last one I want to touch on, and again there's many others that we could talk about, but these I wanted to touch on some of these today to, to show you some examples. Psalm one thirty says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who would stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord, more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope is in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So again, you see this lament, but then you see this rejoicing that takes place at the end, this exaltation of God. We think about these different Psalms and we read them, they're expressing the raw nature of fallible man before a holy God. And we could also read of Job's words when he, when he laments before the Lord in his vulnerability, in his weakness. We could read about Habakkuk doing the same thing in similar fashion when he's calling out to the Lord, how Lord, oh Lord, how long is this going to go on? We can all relate to all of this. And if you've ever been taught to watch your words or to know that there's power in what you say, that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and if you've, realize that some of these things are contradictory to what scripture teaches or that it's not in the proper context, then you may now wonder hearing these different psalms, well, why didn't men like David incur the fruit of their words? These psalmists, Asaph, the sons of Korah, David, th- these these people in scripture and even throughout, like again, we said to Habakkuk and Job and others we could point to, they lamented to God. So why didn't they watch the power of their words in saying such things? Because they said some pretty raw things when you begin to, to read what they said to the Lord in their cries for mercy and their cries for, for justice and their cries for um, redemption, for deliverance. It was all pointing back to Christ, right? So why didn't these men incur the fruit of their words? I know that some of us have heard these types of teaching that you're not really supposed to talk about your weaknesses or you don't talk about being sick. I I knew people that wouldn't talk about their sicknesses. I came up under teachings like that, that you just don't talk about what you're dealing with. You don't talk about illness. You don't talk about family troubles because, you know, you could be giving more power to that. You could be receiving that doctor's report. You could be calling that thing into existence and really giving power to it by the power of your words, rather than admitting what's going on and going to God in prayer and in those cries and those moments of weakness or despair or hearing something that really wasn't good as far as what we deem good, but going to God in those moments of weakness and casting those cares on Him, like I've talked about before. This is not something new. I know we've talked about, and there's nothing new under the sun really when we talk about what's in the Word of God. But I think it does encourage all of us. I know it certainly encourages me as I think about things that I've gone through personally. There's people I talk to, I hope that it encourages them as a believer in Christ of things that they've gone through, to turn back to Christ, to look on Him as the author and finisher of their faith, their faith in Christ to save them to for the promise of eternal life, not the promise that they're not going to ever go through anything that's not difficult, because we're not promised that. I mean, our own Savior suffered, and yet sometimes we think that we can escape suffering. These are some of the things that we can look at when we're talking about this lamenting, If when you come out of the word of faith or any sort of, teaching like that is that you don't talk about that because you have no faith or you're being powerless, or maybe you feel ashamed for having that weakness, for acknowledging that weakness because of old mindsets and old teachings, because there may be some shame that you feel in a sense, because if you're going through a difficult time, a, a hard trial or a difficulty or someone you know that you love is going through a difficulty and you may feel the moments of shame or guilt because of that weakness because you feel like you need to be stronger and 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 not give in to to worry which we shouldn't worry because worry is a sin but at the same time we can cast that worry onto the lord we cast those cares onto the lord and realize we're not robots we are going to feel we are going to go through difficult times but we can go to the lord with those difficult times and when we look at scripture When we look at Psalms, we have a beautifully raw picture that God recognizes as His inspired Word. Well, we've got Psalms right in front of us that displays this raw truth, and it exposes the fact that everyone hurts, everyone suffers. The difference between us and unbelievers is that we can go before the throne of grace because of Jesus Christ. We're not promised as believers that we're not going to suffer, we're not promised that we're not going to have difficulties. But the difference is, is that we can come before the throne of grace because of Christ. And we have a father in heaven who loves us and he wants us to come to him in our brokenness. And to pretend that we do not have anguish, that we don't have concern, that we don't have pain, that we don't have fear, is to deny God's omniscience because he sees it. He sees it. It does not diminish our faith in the Lord when we lament when we ask God, how long is this going to go, God? How long? You know, in those moments when we ask how long, we need the reminders from Scripture to continue to encourage us, um, even in those times where we're going before the Lord and we're bearing everything before God. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness. But is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And as we understand the patience of the lord and what the the context of this of course is talking about the day of the lord and talking about salvation and repentance coming to people and some of us may be wondering you know how long is all this wickedness that may be the question you're asking how long lord is all this wickedness in the world going to go how much longer can this endure and god is far more long-suffering than we we will ever be and for those that don't know what long-suffering means it means patient but he is patient, and we see in Second Peter three nine that he is slow to fulfill his promise. As some count slowness is what it says. He's he's not he's not delayed because of us. Things are moving at the pace that God wants them to move, and that not only includes the the end of this age to go into the ages to come when when Christ returns again, but it's also. In understanding that whenever we are going through things privately, uh, whatever we're enduring, is that we must understand that we're not delaying God. God is doing what he wants to do because he's sovereign. And we can be encouraged to remember that God is patient and long-suffering. Our words and actions do not determine his ability to act. So when we go to him and we say, how long, how long is this going to go in my, in my life? How long is this going to go in the world, Lord? We also need to remember to rejoice. We remember who God is and even going to him in those times of weakness and vulnerability that we are very quick to praise him in the, in the how long, O oh Lord. We're encouraged in his steadfast love, his patience with us in our weakness. Lord knows I am thankful for his patience with me. <laughs> and that all things work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And as I've said before, and I'm sure other people have said, all things work together for the good of those who love him. And that includes the things you and I don't think are that good because God knows from the end, from the beginning. He knows. He knows what's going to be for our benefit, even when we don't understand that it's for our benefit, even until it's in hindsight that we understand what the benefit of that was. And even then, we fully don't understand sometimes, and not until we reach heaven are we going to understand. And even then, we're not, and at that point, we're not going to be focusing on what happened, I believe. We're going to be focusing on worshiping God. It's not going to matter anymore how long we had to wait to get there. We're just going to be thankful that we're before Him, and we get to spend eternity with Him. And we're going to be fulfilling the purpose that we were created for, is to worship God and enjoy Him forever. So, As we're closing out today, I want to encourage those of you who are alive and got a pulse and that you're going to be struggling with something at some point in your life. And there's going to be times where it just seems like it is never ending. When one wave washes out, another one comes and another one and another one. And it just seems like it's just one thing after another. And you're going to be in those moments of going, how long? When is this going to stop? And I want to just encourage you Go before God and lay bare your laments. The psalmist did it. We have an example to glean from in scripture that is pointing to Christ. We can see this. This is really, we can look at this as a portrait in one way. We can look at this as a portrait of believers that trusted in the Lord. They saw the promise from afar and they still had hope in Christ and faith in Christ, even though they didn't see the risen Savior. There was still that promise. We see this in Hebrews 11. This is what this is referring to. The faith that it's talking about. It's not faith for you to call things into existence. It's not call, its not talking about you calling in wealth and prosperity. The faith it's talking about is the eternal life in Christ. But they were looking forward to a heavenly city. They were looking, realizing there were sojourners in this land. And that they were looking forward to the promise to come. They saw it from far off. But they embraced it. They embraced the coming of the Messiah in the Old Testament. As believers in Christ, we long for that. We, we long for that just like they did. Looking for that, that promise, that fulfillment of eternal life. And so we know that we have it. Where We're in a now and not yet. And there are going to be times that we're going to lament. That we're going to be frustrated and tired. And we're going to ask how long. But I want you to remember this. When you ask how long... Remember to praise God in the process, even in a minor key. I heard Alistair Begg talk about this. That's a praising, I think it was talking about um, praising God in the darkness, I think. It was the name of it. It's really good. I encourage you to listen to it. But he talks about, you know, we sing in a minor key sometimes. And that minor key is the key that has that sad sound to it. Even in a minor key, remember to praise God in the process because he's worthy. He's always worthy and and you will always find something to thank God for. There's never not a time that you will find you you won't be able to praise God. He's He's worthy of praise regardless of what we're going through, including in the how long there's praise in that. So I hope this has blessed you today and I look forward to being here with you again another day. Be blessed today by this word. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at lovesick And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to dot and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the word and loving the one who is the word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.